Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Right now on the Brand of Moving and Storage Hotline, uh, Lisa Cornwell is standing by. Her book is out. We've been following this story for some time now, and now the book has finally arrived. We also want to talk to her on a much lighter note about the Masters this week, which we're all looking forward to. Lisa, welcome back. How are you doing? Hey guys, I'm great. Thanks for having me. I've uh, I've certainly been thinking about all of you in in my home state, man. That was that was scary watching all of it come through. I was working last week and just started getting all these sorts of messages, and uh, my heart just goes out to everybody who's who's you know suffered damage and and all sorts of hardships. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was. It was wild. It was a, it was a very surreal moment, especially you know being around the metro was a really weird deal. But um, I appreciate that thought. Um, let me ask you this first off. Uh, I saw the foreword was written in your book by uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton, and then I was kind of doing some research. You're related to Bill Clinton, is that right? Did I read that correctly? Yes. You guys yeah. are cousins. Yeah. Yeah, we're cousins. We're really close. Um, you know, we got close when I was young because of golf and. So, you know, I played, I would go up to the White House and play golf with Bill during his White House years. And, you know, we keep in touch all the time. I was there in October. And this whole project, you know, kind of the whole book project started during COVID. And <laughs> it was perfect timing for me because he wasn't traveling. And so I could really use him and lean on him because he's, you know, obviously written so many books and has so much experience. And he helped navigate me through a lot of the process. And when the book was finished, we talked about, Hillary writing the foreword, and she took it to her, and she said yes. So hmm. I was just really grateful. The foreword is phenomenal. I can't wait for folks to read it when the book comes out on May 23rd. So we're doing all the pre-launch stuff right now. Gotcha. Okay. The book is Troublemaker, a memoir of sexism, retaliation, and the fight they didn't see coming. And as Lisa just mentioned, May 23rd, so we'll be here before you know it, and you can pre-order now. Uh, looks like hardcover is 30 bucks, and you can also get it in all the other formats, obviously. So... You know, I remember when this was going down, and I think you were kind of radio silent at that point, so I don't think we really had a chance to talk about it. Um, I'm just curious, I guess, going back to the beginning, you'd been there for so long. When did the trouble start at the Golf Channel? really started early, and, like, I'm going to say, it was a very small handful of people, like, very minute. People who I worked with at Golf Channel were so wonderful. You know, I saw all these friends today. And from that regard, it was a great experience. There was literally just a handful of people who not only made a lot of my work life a living nightmare, but a lot of other folks. And, you know, I've kind of always been this defender of people, um, certainly always been a defender of myself. And when I started noticing things happening and repeatedly and really nothing being done to improve some of these things, and, and look, they weren't minor. They were, they, a couple of them were pretty major. And it was just this repeating pattern. And when I was finally able to speak out about it after I noticed that they were slowly and subtly pushing me out, like it was very easy to see the writing on the wall. Um, anyone who knows me, I'm not really that person to stay silent. And I said, okay, well, you know, if, if they're going to do this, I'll just, I'll, I'll fight my own battle. And that's what the process has been about. Is that what the book is about? Yeah, well, it starts out, you know, a lot of it is, is my early life. Um, there's a chapter in there. Tiger and I were good friends growing up, playing junior golf on the AJGA, and I tell a, I tell a fun story about his dad. And Tiger and I used to play a lot of practice rounds in AJGA tournaments. And his dad, Colonel Woods, former Green Beret, um, 
it was a very intimidating figure, but with me, it was kind of like this mentor and sort of, you know, father-like um, instructor and mental coach. And so I tell this funny story about a, a pine cone incident um, when Tiger and I were on a driving range in the Woodlands, Texas. So it goes into some of my childhood things, some different issues, the burnout that I faced. But I talk about Bill being elected president and being at the White House and a couple of those different stories. And then it really gets into a small portion of when I started into sports broadcasting and those journeys. But most of the book is what happened chronologically at Golf Channel. So what are you doing now? Are you still working in golf coverage? I, I, uh, I guess I've been kind of asleep at the wheel. I haven't been watching any of late. But what, what are you up to these days other than promoting the book? Yes. Well, surprisingly, yes. I didn't think that I would. But PGA Tour Live got this, this new contract with ESPN Plus at four different streams. And, and so we broadcast um, every event, not the fall events. They do those sparingly. But, yeah, I, I did 14 tournaments last year. I'm doing about the same. I've, I just worked Valero, just got home. So I'm basically just calling golf for the PGA Tour. It's uh, It's been great. I, I wasn't expecting this opportunity. I didn't think anybody in the media would want to to hire me again. You know, it's, it's one of those things. You really mm-hmm. can blackball yourself when you speak out. And so you have to be careful about it and fully committed because, you know, once you say it publicly, there's no going back. And when the Washington Post wrote this article, it exposed a lot of, of what I was referencing. In fact, some of the stories were worse than I even knew about. Mm. The PGA Tour has been great. I, I love the work. I love the people. And they're really a, a modern-day forward-thinking company in terms of, you know, they want diversity. They want inclusion. And they want they just want people to, to treat each other right. You know, it's yeah. not that hard. Just don't be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's what's so crazy to me. It's been great. Yeah, it's so crazy to me with your story because – that the sport is such a again it's a, you know it's a it's a gentleman's or gentle ladies game i mean and it's such a respectful sport you know you're kind of on your own um you know you kind of kind of police yourself to some degree it just seems to fly in the face of sort of the whole nature of golf and obviously network television and, and golf aren't necessarily always as closely married in that regard as we'd like them to be and, and operating in the same way to your knowledge have, have there been any significant changes made at the golf channel since uh since all these accusations came to light not major. Um, I know that they did try to do some initial emails and meetings and, you know, they do surveys. But, look, unless you change leadership and management, you're not going to have these big changes. And, you know, I, that's why I think that it's so important, the people making these decisions and, and running these companies, not just sports, not just media. It's across the board. You have good people in there who care about their employees and care about how people are treated then, you know, it, it makes the work life a lot easier, and, and these things are avoided. Unfortunately, NBC has a pretty long track record of not doing the right thing when it comes to, to this sort of situation. CBS has had it in the past, ESPN. So it's there, but it's just it's just this old, antiquated way of doing things that really that really needs to change, and a lot of companies are implementing that now. Over the weekend, women's college basketball uh, was in the spotlight, and the, the ratings are up. The interest is up. What do you think it'll take to get women's golf to enjoy that same kind of uh, success, uh, exposure? You know, Wes, I think that that's a great question, and it's one that I always try to wrap my head around. I think that, I think first of all, for women's golf, the, the broadcast contract is just, it's 
it's atrocious. It has to be reworked. You know, you really have to struggle a lot of the year to find the LPGA Tour. So I do think that some of that's contractually with the networks in the Tour. I do put some of it on, on the Tour and the players. I think that, I think that um, you know, people talk about different different uh, nationalities and, and all of that. I'm not a believer in that. I think that I think that women and athletes from anywhere in the world can have a vibrant personality, and we've seen that throughout the years. Um, but I think that they really have to get out there and, and show some more emotion. And, you know, look, it's part of why I think the world loves Jordan Spieth. You know, it's part of why, why golfers, you know, love this fiery sort of mentality sometimes. Look at John Rahm or even Rory can get into it. You don't see it as much anymore in women's golf you used to. I kind of with the the players when I grew up watching it. But I think that they've gotten away from that. And part of that may just be the media not being out there. I think that leadership needs to remind them of the importance. Look, they're entertainers. Mm -hmm. Athletes are entertainers. And you've got to be entertaining out there. I mean, I understand the athletes are, you know, oftentimes flatlined and that's where they perform their best. But if you really want to grow the, the sport for the women, they're going to have to take an active role, I think, in doing that. I'm talking to Lisa Cornwell on the Brandon Moving in Storage Hotline. Troublemaker, a memoir of sexism and retaliation and the fight they didn't see coming is the book. May 23rd is the availability pre-order now. If you are so inclined, it is Masters Week, Lisa, and we are all, as we mentioned earlier, looking for a distraction from what we've been dealing with here lately. We'll continue to work towards trying to help people get back. But this is kind of, for some people, the unofficial start to golf season, and they're going to be locked in. So when you look at this year's field, and obviously you've got sort of the subtext of live versus PGA Tour folks, and I hope that uh, turns out to be kind of a competitive but uh, friendly competitive kind of uh, kind of an atmosphere there. I'm sure it will be. I think guys will act pretty professionally. But what are you looking for besides that for this year's tournament? Kind of the same thing as always. I mean, uh, weather will be a key. The weather does not look that great uh, for this week. I hope that that changes because it has to play so differently. Um, and you get a different type of winner. I mean, you think back to 2007, I think, when Zach Johnson won. Jack Johnson is not your prototypical Masters champion. You know, he's not a long hitter. He's a low ball flight kind of guy. Um, obviously, Scheffler, Rory's going to be the big story, trying to complete the, uh, complete the career grand slam. John Rahm's been playing well, although hit some stumbling blocks late. I never like to look at the chalk, you know, because those are the people everybody's going to be expecting to do well. I'm really thinking that it's going to be a good week for Jason Day. He's healthy. He's doing everything right. I mean, if you look at him statistically, it's it just across the board. I mean, he's, he's second in scrambling from 10 to 20 yards. He's one of the best putters out there, one of the best drivers of the golf ball. But most importantly, he's a great long iron player. He hits the ball high. I just think that, you know, this is a title that has eluded Jason Day. We haven't seen him in the winner's circle. And I've watched him play a lot this year. And I think that Jason Day is – is striking the golf ball as well as I've ever seen him. I just think that hmm. there's a resurgence left in him. He and would be my long shot bet. I like that. Well, now that we can wager on it at Oakland, we're about that. So thank you for yeah. the heads up on that. I'm there throw you go. Okay. A few bucks at <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like watching, but if I can make money on it, that's better. So that's, that's good. We <laughs> oh, have, it makes it even that much more interesting. Yeah, we've not heard his name mentioned among the no. elites in a while, and he's always been a guy that people root for. He's got a great story, obviously, and was an elite elite guy for a long time. But has it been largely injuries that have kept him out of it in the last several years? 100%. I think so, but he really is injury-free. And, and like I said, I've watched him play a lot of golf. He has three top fives at Augusta over the years, but most importantly, form is really important when you come into Augusta. Two things, form 
And do you have enough experience to navigate this, uh, one of the most demanding in the world for four days? And Jason Day has 13 starts this season, six top tens. I mean, he's third in strokes gain total, 22nd in approach. I just think that, I don't know, I just think that he is clicking on all cylinders and he will be a factor on Sunday. Wes is going to his app right now and placing a wager on Jason Day. (laughs) All right. Don't yell at me, Wes, if it doesn't come through. I won't. He's not going to kick any money when it does come through either, though. So. <laughs> That's true. Uh, again, Troublemaker, a memoir of sexism, retaliation, and the fight they didn't see coming, the book by Lisa Cornwell. Good luck with that, and thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Let's do it again. Thanks, guys. Anytime. I appreciate you having me. Thank Stay you. Safe. Take care.